on today's Compassion Radio. She turns around and she sees Jesus standing there, but she doesn't realize it's him at first. And he says, dear woman, why are you sobbing? Who is it that you're looking for? And she still has no idea and thinks he's the gardener and says, sir, if you've taken his body, please tell me where it is so I can go and get it and take care of him. And then Jesus says, Mary, he calls her by name and she recognizes his voice, the voice of her Lord. Hello, friends, and welcome to a new day, a new week and a new season of hope. All thanks to the passion of the Christ and the power of His resurrection. For two millennia, the story of Easter has brought hope, joy, relief, and comfort to followers of the way, especially when dark times return in waves of sorrow and seas of worry and despair. Once a year, we can act out that story in the most unusual religious celebration the world has ever known, as far as I'm concerned. Who could have imagined that the great hope and joy that we count on today depended on the fact that God chose to die, then return from the grave with a life and peace that are inexplicable and inexhaustible? So today in troubling times that we were not expecting, we return to the story to rediscover the joy, the hope, the peace that we need right now. So the question is, are you ready to jump into the despair, confusion, mystery, and unexpected hope and wonder that washed over the disciples of Jesus in the hours after his death? If so, the next 25 minutes might just be the most important of your day. Thanks for joining us. It's time for Chasing the Word here at Compassion Radio. Being the first day of the week, this week, of course, Easter. We thought it very appropriate to sit together and talk through the Easter experience for those who were there because the times, honey, that we're Mm -hmm. talking about were very dark for those people. Right. And we can kind of relate to some of that now. There's been some darkness that's been hovering over us as a people and as a planet. I don't think it's insignificant that God let us experience that at this time of year. Right. Let's read that account from the book of Luke, what happened on that third day. Well, in chapter 24, we read... Early on Sunday morning, even before the sun had fully risen, a group of women made their way back to the tomb with the spices and ointments they had prepared ahead of time. When they arrived, they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb entrance, and when they looked inside, the body of the Lord Jesus was nowhere to be seen. They didn't know what to think. As they stood there in confusion, two men suddenly appeared standing beside them. These men seemed to glow with a type of light from inside. Mm. The women were so terrified that they fell to the ground face down. Why are you seeking the living one in the place of the dead? He's not here. He has risen from the dead. Don't you remember what he told you way back in Galilee? He told you that the Son of Man must be handed over to wicked men. He must be crucified. And on the third day... He must rise. At this, they did remember the words of Jesus from so long ago. So they returned from the tomb and found the eleven and recounted for them and the others with them everything they had experienced. A fascinating story, of course, and it is the root of our faith, a living faith today. Mm -hmm. We don't commemorate a dead event. Everything about Christianity is about perceiving, entering into, and living through this life that came out of that Mm -hmm. grave. The resurrection of Jesus. This is the foundation of our faith. But for them, their experience is something I really want to spend some time talking about today. Yeah. Because it was a dark 
time for them. Things did not make sense. Yeah. When the angel says, you must remember, you must recall, did he not say these things? It pulls out of the deep, dark weeds in their minds, the fogginess of what they're going through, the grief they're experiencing, something that brings a spark of hope because he did say these things. I had forgotten these things. Mm -hmm. We can relate to the idea of grief overwhelming us. Yeah. In our lives, a lot of loss coincides with this particular time of the year ourselves. Mm -hmm. We lost Norm Nelson, the, my predecessor here at Compassion Radio, right near Easter. In fact, it was today, the day we're recording this, where it is now the third anniversary of his passing. We can't escape the memory of that. Yeah. And that sorrow was very real at the time and raw. It's now a remembrance of sorrow, but it brings back emotions that we're never going to completely flush out of our systems the rest of our lives. Right. We will remember what we felt like when we lost him. Mm -hmm. This past couple of weeks have been like that for you too, honey. Well, yes. I mean, losing my mom two weeks ago almost now has been a devastating experience for me yeah. and a deep sorrow that I had not anticipated right. at this time. Knowing that she's with Jesus, I can look at that and say, there is hope in that. Because you have that story right in front because of I you. Because I have this story, yeah. exactly. These women and men during this time did, did not. not have that story to look back on. So I understand the deep grief that they must have been feeling. And when the angel says, remember his words, I've been trying to remember my mom's voice. Yeah. I've been trying to remember her words and things that she said to me. And a dear friend of mine said, I never got her a recipe for gravy, mm. which is, sounds very silly, but we both cried about that because I can remember in her voice telling me the recipe and how she makes gravy. Yeah. So I know that these women who went to the tomb that day were longing to hear the voice of the one they loved so deeply yeah. and had served for three years. And I know that grief. I understand just a little bit what that grief feels like having lost mom. The shock of losing anybody for any reason is a real and persistent human experience. Yeah. We're never going to outgrow this. I really hope that mankind never tries to get so disengaged with each other that they don't experience real grief when it comes. And I think part of being isolated somewhat in the past few weeks for us has reminded us we need each other. Mm. Just on the human level. Yeah. But on the spiritual level, for those who know and love Jesus, entering into a time of loneliness or experiencing a little bit of the isolation that others have experienced that we talk about, we understand, we can explain, but have not experienced, entering into that experience changes everything. Mm -hmm. It changes our compassion. In fact, it makes it come to life. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been a compassion that I've seen exercised in this world that is based on the heart of Jesus that was born in times of joy mm. or laughter or happiness. Mm -hmm. Compassion is always born in sorrows and griefs and sharing, entering into the pains and hurts of others. And out of great need. Yes. These women were brave. Absolutely. They sought out where the grave was. In all the confusion of what was going on in Jerusalem at the time, there was no guarantee that Jesus wasn't going to just disappear into the system, be thrown into a pauper's grave, and never be seen again. Mm -hmm. These women hunted down the information so they would know where he was, so they could honor him the way he was honored in life. Mm -hmm. His death ought to be just as honored. That's a great prophet that he was. Mm -hmm. They're living these three days in the was. Mm -hmm. 
we read in all the accounts in the gospel that they were in a type of self-quarantine, self-isolation. All of this group that had followed Jesus joined together, were probably coming in and out of someone's home, consoling one another and being together and feeling this great despair. We know from the account of Peter's denial, he went out and wept bitterly. We've all lived with regret at some point in our lives when someone we love has gone on, has passed away, and we didn't say the words we wanted to say, or we did say words that we didn't really mean or that were said out of hurt. Or we do things that are ridiculous and we know them to be stupid in hindsight. Why did we act that way at Mm -hmm. that time? Why did our grief come out in ways that were ugly or hurtful of Mm -hmm. others? Reading through these scriptures this time has been somewhat of an eye-opening experience for me, again, to read them with new eyes in light of this pandemic that we're in and this self-isolation that our families are experiencing, seeing that that's what was happening with the disciples, with the followers of Jesus after his death. They were not only fearful for their life, but just in deep, deep sorrow and grief. So they're isolating themselves to figure out what's next. What do we do? How do we come out of this? And honor our prophet, our friend, our savior the one that called us out of a deep darkness earlier in life and has given us hope. That hope seems to be completely dead. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to go through a grief and just have to deal with that. It's another thing to say, now they're coming after me. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've lost their leader, the lover of their souls, the one that they adore. Mm-hmm. And now all the scuttlebutt around town is, there is a disease in our city, these strange followers of Jesus. He's gone now. Something's wrong with these people. Mm-hmm. They're unnoticed. That Antichrist spirit is now going to hunt down his followers. So there they are in front of the grave, and they're trying to make sense in their minds of what's going on. When they were confused about what had happened, when the stone's been rolled away, when his body is not there anymore, the only thing that rashly makes sense is that another gross injustice has happened. Mm -hmm. His body's been stolen. He's been thrown in the gutter somewhere. Some desecration has happened. That's the only thing that makes sense from what they know. And then in a flash, the angels are there to rectify the situation so that that would not crush them utterly. Mm -hmm. The high priest and the council had said, hey, he talked about rising again, so we need to make sure that they don't take his body. Even if his followers aren't. Yeah, Yeah. so they're trying to ensure that that doesn't happen. But what I love is how even in this time of confusion and sorrow and grief, after these women have been to the tomb and seen the stone is rolled away and the angels appear to them in John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene stays behind in deep grief. And she's just weeping at the tomb and the heavenly messenger says, woman, why are you weeping? And she says, they've taken the body of my Lord. I can't find him. She turns around and she sees Jesus standing there, but she doesn't realize it's him at first. And he says, dear woman, why are you sobbing? Who is it that you're looking for? And she still has no idea and thinks he's the gardener and says, Sir, if you've taken his body, please tell me where it is so I can go and get it and take care of him. And then Jesus says, Mary. He calls her by name and she recognizes his voice, the voice of her Lord. And he says, You can't hold me now because I'm not yet transformed. But go tell my disciples. Go tell those that I loved. I'm here. I'm back. Jesus called her by name and commissioned her for a great work. She is going to preach the gospel. 
for the first time. For the very first time. What a beautiful, beautiful story. In light of the kind of things we're experiencing in this world right now, the thing that jumps out to me about that interaction with Jesus is, don't touch me. Hmm. A huge relief floods through Mary at that moment. She would have thrown herself at his feet, at least to touch his feet. Sure. Jesus has to back off and say, we can't touch yet. Something about the spiritual and the physical forces that are at work in his resurrection are doing things that we don't know about. Mm -hmm. We don't understand what's happening in his literal body at this point. What he was going through, his inability or his reticence to explain it to her, it still leaves them with a gap. They can't just throw their arms or like mm -hmm. old friends around each right. other and be back to normal. Mm -hmm. This is not normal. It is the new normal. And for a while, at least, they're not going to be able to even physically touch. But the hope is there yeah. because it's come to life again. That which was dead, planted a seed, has been raised to eternal life, mm -hmm. everlasting. Yeah. And now we understand what baptism really means because of that. I resonate with this hope and this distance and this longing to be together that's happening in that scene right yeah. there. Yeah. All of these women who had come that morning, you know they had been sleepless for mm. probably days. Mm -hmm. How could they not talk, if they could talk at all, about <laughs> what was going on, what you saw when you were there when they crucified Jesus. What were you doing? What was going through your heart and mind? If they could even think through those thoughts, that would be the only thing that was on their mind. Yeah. And it leads me to think about that incredible hymn that has been an emotional touch point at Easter time for 100 years. And we have a very special presentation of that song we want to share with you today. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Sometimes it causes me to tremble, tremble. Were you there when they nailed him to the tree? Were you there when they pierced him in the side? Were you there when they pierced him in the side? Sometimes it causes me to tremble, oh, tremble. Were you there when they pierced him? In the side Were you there When they laid him in the tomb Were you there When they laid him in the tomb 
Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when God raised him from the grave? Were you there when God raised him from the grave? Oh, sometimes it causes me to shout hallelujah, hallelujah. Were you there when God raised him from the grave? As we continue our outreach to Asia in 2023, Our project, with our partner Bibles for the World, is to provide more copies of the Gospel of John for new believers, especially where the doors to the Gospel are currently standing wide open, like right now in Vietnam and in Mongolia. Growing Christians in these countries also face a critical shortage of New Testaments and full study Bibles. Can you imagine Bible study leaders and pastors without a Bible to teach from? Well, neither can we. You probably have more than one yourself in a language that you understand. Let's help build the kingdom, one copy of God's Word and one faithful follower of Christ at a time. You can support the project online right now at CompassionRadio.com. You can also call us at 1-800-868-2478 or send your gift of support by check to Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. What better time of the year to consider giving the gift of God's Word than the week we consider the price Jesus paid to bring that Word to life in us? Thank you so much, friends. Well, honey, the people that we're talking about today in the Scriptures, they were there when they crucified our Lord. Yeah. Their hearts were crucified in the experience. Crushed, absolutely. And yet, the impossible happened. The things that didn't make sense became real to their very eyes. But more importantly, their hearts, you know, they didn't just see things that changed their minds. They felt things that transformed their entire soul Mm -hmm. by encountering Jesus alive. Mm -hmm. So going to tell the story to others and saying, Jesus is alive, he's come back from the grave. There's no shame or embarrassment or wondering if people are going to agree with them or even believe them. They didn't care. Right. This was the greatest news ever. And they ran back to the people that were hiding. Mm Mm-hmm. And they brought light into their darkness. So this is a torch bearing. I think about the Olympic torch being carried from country to country. You know, in this time of year in 2020, that was literally snuffed out because we couldn't pass the torch anymore between countries because of lockdown. Right. This particular light, this torch of hope that comes from these women carried back to the disciples has never gone out, no matter how bad the persecutions, no matter how bad they, the prosecutions of Christians across centuries, the kind of things they've had to endure for the sake of Christ, mm. it has never, ever been snuffed out. And will never be. It can't be. Mm. Its very nature is to be eternal and be light for those in darkness. So as we're in a kind of darkness in this day and age, we are also coming out with the assurance that the words we read in this book are solid. They have been and they precede us. And no matter how dark it gets for us, Mm. we can stand on this. And we can say, we were there in our hearts when they crucified my Lord. And I can sing now Hosanna because I know he's been raised up from the grave. I think about Mary Magdalene in later years are these other women who were also there at the tomb. 
and saw Jesus. I was there. Mm -hmm. I saw him. I was one of the first to see him. I saw him out of the tomb. I didn't know who he was. I thought he was the gardener or whatever, but they had that story in their hearts. Can you imagine the joy that flooded them each time they thought of that story? But as we continue this story, after she tells them, they all are still fearful, Mm -hmm. even though they believe maybe that these women are telling the truth or they're not sure. In verse 19 of John chapter 20, it says, the followers had gathered together behind locked doors again in fear that some of the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem were still searching for them. Out of nowhere, Jesus appeared in the room. Mm -hmm. And this is the words he spoke to them, the very first words he spoke. I give you the gift of peace. In the same way the Father sent me, now I'm sending you. Peace was the first thing he spoke over them when he saw them. You show up in the room, you startle somebody. Hush, hush. It's okay. It's Mm. it's me. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. All of that is embedded in those words. And we don't know if it's like truncated from a larger conversation Mm -hmm. Jesus had with them, but it was the words that mattered most to them in the years to come. Peace. I'm bringing it to you right now. I'm going to leave it with you. I'm not taking it away. It will always be there with you. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus says, peace, I leave with you, he's part of the triune God. He's not saying this is an idea. He's saying peace itself Mm -hmm. resides with you. Who is our peace but the Holy Spirit himself? He is the comforter. Mm -hmm. He's saying, I'm leaving my spirit with you. He's never going to take it away from us. This is an oath and a promise and a seal. We're sealed in him, and his spirit will never depart from us. What an incredible promise. Yeah, I can't think of any better note to end this program on but that. That we have been promised, and we have been sealed. If we come under and into this gospel and say, yes, this is my Lord. Mm -hmm. I want his salvation, not somebody else's, not some other false or lesser God. This is the God I want. Mm -hmm. And then to find out from his gospel, he wants us too. What an incredible thing. And now we begin the season we call Pentecost. They didn't even know yet that the church had been rebirthed because of the resurrection, but it was going to be born into power in just a few weeks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But Jesus said, get ready. I'll be with you. Go to Galilee. There are things we got to do. But then when he was ready to ascend, right after that, it all broke loose. And that's where we started this whole Chasing the Word series in the first place, Mm -hmm. at Pentecost in Jerusalem. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us today. We celebrate Easter. We celebrate what's coming now in the birth of the church in just a few weeks. So let's remember that he is risen. He is risen indeed. And he's risen in our deeds every time we submit to him. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him more and more. Jesus, Precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus, simply take it. Life and rest and joy and peace Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I pray.
growing partnership with Bibles for the World means unprecedented opportunities to make a world of difference in the lives of new believers in dozens of countries. I hope you'll join with us to make that happen. Please give generously today so that we can help send more copies of the Gospel of John for new believers, along with New Testaments and full Bibles for those growing in their faith. Many of those Bibles are needed right now in Vietnam as the door stands wide open to serve the church there. Call one 800 868 and note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. And jump in anytime at CompassionRadio.com.